This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, good afternoon to all my automotive aftermarket peoples. It's Carm Capriato, Aftermarket Weekly. Let me see, what the heck number is this? 141? <sighs> my buddy Greg Buckley decided to come on with me and uh, and do this. And I just can't wait because we're going to talk about extended warranties. How cool is that? And so we're always here each and every week with all of our podcasts on the Aftermarket Radio Network for your enjoyment and for your business acumen success. We're going to the summit, uh, the Institute Summit, uh, you know, good old Cecil and Kent, January 31st through February 3rd. We hope to see you in St. Petersburg. I think there's just a couple of days to still register, I think. But uh, don't hesitate to go on to the wearetheinstitute.com and, uh, and check out what's going on there. On record with Greg Buckley. Greg Buckley from Buckley's Auto Care, Wilmington and Millsboro, Delaware. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, Carm? How are you? Good to have you here. We're brought to you by Dorman, great sponsor. We're here in the Dorman OE Fix Studios. Always good to have Dorman on, and including for 2023. Let's take a listen to one of Dorman's cool products. Replacing rear wheel bearings on some Toyota trucks can be extremely frustrating. The bearing housing often becomes damaged when the old bearing is pressed out or when the new bearing is pressed in. Not only that, but a shop press may or may not be available. To assist with jobs like this, Dorman has developed a 90-plus minute time-saving solution with their OE Fix pre-assembled axles. These bolt-on solutions eliminate the uncertainty of performing this basic repair with all of the major components such as the axle, bearing, backing plate, bolts, and seals already assembled and ready to install right out of the box. Want to learn more about Dorman's innovations? Well, visit dormanproducts.com slash tour. Uh, thank you so much, Dorman. Uh, great company, a lot of great products. Greg, thank you for coming on. Extended warranties, I don't think I could watch one hour of commercial TV and not see an ad for an extended warranty. It's a huge business. In fact, I was reading somewhere that $81 million is what CarShield paid out last year for their clients. And that's just one company out of, I think, 10 top extended warranty companies. Why is extended warranty such a big deal today? Well, a lot of things come into play. One, uh, the used car market was very, very hot over these last couple of years. And, you know, people are looking for protection for a sense. You know, they're unaware of what's going on. Uh, they really don't know the car. They never had it checked out. They think that they can go ahead and uh, purchase an extended warranty or a service contract and the world will be good forever, you know, because they listen to the hype, uh, which isn't true. So there's a lot of uh, uneducated motorists that are out there. Uh, and of course, with the media hype, especially built around Car Shield and their star studded commercials with uh, everybody from the celebrities from now, you know, they're even into the local market celebrities, such as your sports players, local celebs, sportscasters, that kind of thing, where, you know, they're they're putting them in front of the camera and, you know, making the pitch. So, you know, people are desperate to protect their vehicle. Well, think they protect their vehicle. And so that's why you see such an increase. Now, they paid out a lot. So if they paid out 81, imagine what they took in. And they have to run a profit, so they had to take in double, triple that in order to pay that out. 
Greg, here's what I want to know. I mean, I think what's critical is that, you know, our listenership is shop owners, service advisors, technicians, and and all aftermarket professionals. And I just want us to, if you will, bear it all. I mean, is are you finding an issue getting paid? Is there pushback when the customers say, hey, I got CarShield, and you, you say, oh, my God, I got to go after them again? Give me your experience with it. I want the audience to know that whatever you hear on this is what I go through at Buckley's Auto Care. This is my world. I'm trying to explain it to you. It's not an endorsement to go after anything, do anything. You are your own business person. You do as you wish, study the markets, and you go after it. So I I want to clear the air on that one because if most of the audience probably knows me and you know me as well, Carm, is that, you know, I, I will trial and error different formats, different programs because I want to keep on the edge of what might be coming at us. I'll go back a few years um, when I kind of looked at car warranties, uh, knowing, you know, certain good ones, certain bad ones. And I said, well, could they be a stopgap? You know, could they take up a slow time? And I don't do fleets. So I thought, well, all right, well, let's look at if I said to myself that car warranties, extended warranties are my fleet business. Yes, I may take a cut somewhere along the line, but if I'm paid rapidly, I don't hold money, that nothing's on the street, and the repair is good, and the company is treats me well. You know what? Now I can go with it. So we engaged, and you know we still do today. Uh, the reason being is because that trial and error period allowed us to develop processes that make the time quicker for execution, and that way you know, where most shops could struggle for an hour and they get irritated and they hang the phone up. We've eliminated all that. You know, we know what to do, where to go, how to get it done and move on and get the job, you know, secured and, you know, paid for, produced and paid for. Now, that said, going back to what types of companies that underwrite these policies, that's the one where you have to do some homework. Are they good? Are they bad? Do they tell you that they're going to supply the parts? Are they going to cut your labor? Whatever the case might be, that's the ones you avoid. And you clearly talk to the client prior. You have this company underwriting you. Well, here's the rules of engagement. And you can go anywhere from you're going to pay the additional. You are, you know, I'm not going to warranty parts supplied to me. They run the whole gamut. I don't say they're a necessary evil for a for a quality shop, if not one to. But I will say that there's a segment of the market that's that has them and they will continue to be sold in any shape or form. And I believe that for myself, that if I'm to help a client out that has one, then I will do so. But the terms of engagement will be favorable to me and my bottom line first with the understanding to the client that that's the way it's going to be. So you're really saying to the client, look at, I know you think you know what you have, but if they don't cover it, it's out of your pocket. So we have to go into this eyes wide open? Absolutely. And you must, you must, you must educate the client on what they've already purchased. They don't know. They think of the contract and they take the the fee, say it's twenty eight. $100,000, $3,000, a typical, a premium plan will run that much. And all they did was just add a little bit to their payment. Let's say it's an extra $100 or $200 a month. And that's all they think that they're covered for most major things for the life of the car. And most contracts aren't that way. They're limited in time. So our role is that we have to engage with them. We ask for the contract in hand. Send us a copy. We review it. We go on, usually there is a paragraph 
what's not covered. And it describes what's not covered. We turn around to the customer, the client and go, this is what's not covered so that we all know what's on the page and they have a full understanding of it. Also, they're deductible. And we also require that, you know, if there is any discount or any labor charge that's not paid for, such as additional testing time. If we had one the other day, we had to do an additional, well, additional testing. That's pretty much what it is. Um, or rust or anything of that nature. Anything to inflate the, the cost, they'll be held responsible. I love what you're saying. And, and I, I did some research on CarShield. I wasn't picking them out at all, but it's the one that came top of mind because I think they do the most advertising. They have a diamond, a platinum, a gold. They have a silver and an, an, an aluminum plan. And they have an ATV and a motorcycle plan plan. So if you're not reading the fine print, uh, you're probably, you're walking in with you, you know, figuring I, I have nothing to worry about for the rest of my life for my vehicle. That's true. And that's, I created a video that really went crazy viral on YouTube, it's over a million views. And I did it because I come into the shop one day, we had two cars uh, underwritten by CarShield. We didn't know, but when they got there. And so we went through the process uh, and said, all right, this is what it needs. This is that. Well, they denied both claims over really BS technicalities. And uh, we had to go back to the client and say, listen, they're not going to pay for it until we dissect it. And then they will decide whether or not that that part that failed is actually the part and they're going to pay for it. One was a flex plate on a Chrysler minivan. And the other was uh, it was a rod knock the engine went and so what car shield said was well the flex plate isn't in the what's covered section the engine and the transmission is but not the flex plate so you couldn't start the car <laughs> so you know they weren't going to cover it and that was i don't know how much the repair was but the client was was liable for it even after paying a thousand dollars or more to car shield uh, for what they thought was a no more car repairs for me type of advertising. And the other was was a, a Maxima, Nissan, uh, that had an engine rod knock. So Car Shield came back and said, well, we want you to discover what actually went bad. And we're like, look, whatever it is, is internal. It's in part of the engine. Are you going to fix it or not? And they said, no, you have to go back to the client and say, they're responsible for your teardown. Most of the people that are purchasing these contracts they don't have the wherewithals and they're not financially robust enough to cover a repair. They can normally, they can barely keep the car, right? Or afford the car and the car payment. And they certainly can't, they can't maintain it. The demographics are usually not good. Now, maybe that's in my area only, but I, I, I think I'm pretty correct here when I can say that that's a blanket type thing because of how they market, who they market to, so forth and so on. So, Greg, they won't pay for Diag time? They'll pay for it as long as it's part of the fix, but they won't give you, here's the case. We had a, um, a Yukon in uh, the other day, that, down here actually. And the warranty, we had to figure out what was going wrong with it. Well, long story short, the guy had tried to make his own repairs, even knowing that he had a warranty. A little bit of lack of intelligence on that one there, but we go ahead and we look at things and we found out that his intake manifold was leaking, causing misfires. We said, look, let's be sure, since we don't know any, we had to run three tests. We run a compression, we ran a uh, block check, and of course, a smoke test. Well, they were only going to pay for the one test for one hour. He was liable for the other. So we told him, this is what's going on. Now, he obliged, he understood, and they only paid for X amount of parts, and he's responsible for the others. That took place, and he gladly paid to get his truck back on the road. There was no question. 
but they only limit you, like I said, for one hour of testing time, unless there's extreme circumstances, meaning that there's an electrical short. This is what you might get an additional hour out of them. Let's let the audience be clear. We are not picking on any one company. We're just relating your experiences with the customer and with the extended warranty companies. I got a question. You're sitting with your client and they've got a, say, a 10-year-old 50,000-mile car. It may start costing me some money. They say, Greg, I think I want to get one of those extended warranties. And you say, have you done your research? It may cost you $1,200 a year. It could cost you $2,500, depending on which level you pick. Let me do an inspection on your vehicle. Let's look to see what it has. And you know what? I can predict that with me to keep this car running for at least another 100,000 miles, you may spend a thousand bucks a year to get it there. Why would you want to spend something in a warranty environment? If we're doing maintenance properly, you may not need an extended warranty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, I had a gentleman in just two days ago, well, Tuesday, Friday, he stopped in uh, here in Millsboro and he asked, he come up and he said, Hey, Greg, what about these extended warranties? I literally, he goes, I literally had 55,000 miles on the car. And I go, well, Bill, I said, Bill, I said, that tells me you're driving maybe, I don't know, five to 7,000 miles a year. Divide that by days and, and go by cents per mile. What do you, you don't have any bills. I go, you maintain your vehicle you shouldn't have any issues. And if you do put a hundred dollars a month away, instead of giving it to them, keep it in a separate bank account until you actually have to need it. You know, I mean, do do your own warranty situation if you had to. And I go, besides, I go, Bill, I said, between the brands that we work with, I go, we offer three year, 36,000 mile warranties. So you're covered in a bunch of situations that you really don't need to give anybody else $1,200 a year uh, or $3,000 over the life of a contract. And I I can tell you, they don't cover your tires, brakes, wearables, batteries, nothing like that. And that's mostly what wears out. So what you're banking on is protecting against an engine failure or a transmission or an axle, anything of that nature. But you really just got to put it down to dollars and cents. And people won't take the time to do that because they have already fallen into the marketing funnel and they're just, you know, hey, uh, oh, that sounds good. Uh, $2,000, I can protect my car for against engines. And if that engine goes, it's seven, eight thousand, nine thousand dollars $9,000. Well, the fear factor comes in. And before you know it, they're signing a dotted line and it's only an extra $100 a month, Mr. Smith. So, hey, you're covered beyond that. And what's really crazy is new car people will buy an extended warranty, not understanding that that really doesn't kick in. It's not, it, there's really nothing to worry about until your third year. And by the time the third year comes in, you've only got a year left on the whole contract. It's like upfront. And it's like, yeah, Greg, I, I was listening to Hunt the other day, talk about his two, 2023 podcast episode. It was so brilliant, enlightening. He's talking about the percentage of people that make decent money that are living paycheck to paycheck. So when you think about, well, let's throw the $100 for our extended warranty on top of Netflix and HBO Max and computer and internet and all the apps on my phone, and you start adding up all those small things that don't seem like big things, and you're hurting. And then one more thing, and again, I'm, I'm challenging your think on this. Here's the customer. He came in 55,000 miles in his vehicle. I think I want to do extended warranty. And you say, look, do whatever you want. You're your own person. But let me, from my 
expertise, the years I've been in business, what I know, what I've seen, the things that I play with, come on our maintenance program. Let us do the maintenance per the OE. And I'm telling you, man, you're going to actually come out money ahead and unless you've got $80,000 to buy a, well, pick a number, $60,000 to buy a brand new car, or you want to overpay for a used car and have a payment, let's just do this. Let me save you some money. You are correct. And some people will grasp that and go, oh, that sounds really good. And other people will go, hey, you know what? I'd rather pay that uh, 50 bucks a month and I think I got coverage or they can't afford the maintenance packages that you come into because they're always out buying the cheapest oil change they can find down the street. And it's, it's a difficult proposition. I didn't see any $50 a month plans anywhere in these things, but that's OK. Yeah, well, it's financed for them over uh, 80 years. That's why they buy it. But, you know, in in both locations, since they're so far apart, I have a large retirement community around shop here in Millsboro. And they always question me because there are, again, we're getting up in age, the car's getting ready to get out of its factory warranty. What do you think about the extended plans? And I have to go through the whole thing. I said, you know, and I'm not, I don't tell them not to buy it. I say, if it was me, I probably wouldn't. However, it's your money, your dime. You can do what you want. I will work with you in the policy because I know what I'm doing. And I wouldn't say no to a client if they're that good. You know, now up north uh, in Wilmington, it's a little bit different customer base. It's normally blue collar. They are uh, somewhat, uh, most are struggling just a bit, you know, and they don't have two pennies to rub together. Here's another thing that we got to get into. And this is for shops who wish to or consider approaching the warranty market, right? Working with them. There are ways that you will and should get your profit from. There are things you need to do. You need to look at the way that you do business with these warranty companies, and you need to make adjustments on the parts side and the labor side in order to get a moderately good GP, okay? And then you have to educate the client. The other thing is, is that when, and I was losing my train of thought here for a second because I was going back to this GP, educating is really key, and you must understand that in most circumstances, they will be a one and done client, meaning that they're there for the repair that can be covered, but they will not be able to afford the maintenance that you suggest. So if they're in for an axle repair, if they're in for an axle repair that's covered, but yet they need brakes on that axle, you're going to get the drive axle, the CV, but you're not going to get the brakes. Yeah, and they're taking that money that they need to spend on their vehicle in an insurance payment for the vehicle that they can't get the normal wear and tear done on it. Oh, my God. I mean, you just broke the code here. Well, there's a lot to understand if you understand it and don't get angry at it, at the fact that you can't sell the brakes, but you can do the drive axle. Take the candy that you get and learn to work with it and then... Like I explained in the beginning, for us at Buckley's, it was a market that I saw as a fill gap in a slow time. And I can tell you that I treat it like my fleet account or a fleet account. I don't have fleets. Those shops that have fleets 
I'm sure that there's money on the street that they keep. They have to work a wholesale dollar when I'm working. It's more retail than wholesale. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask a couple of quick questions and and let you rant. Uh, Does it take long to get paid? Are they going to argue that you had to go to a dealer for this part? Is aftermarket parts okay? I mean, are they scripting or pulling the lever on every piece of this transaction? Uh, No. They're not. You're able to amplify your labor rates. You must amplify. I amplify. Oh, my God. Explain that one to me. It gets louder. Yep. So you're allowed to be louder. <laughs> I didn't say anything about raising anything, but you can amplify things. And then you have to be able to understand that there'll be a reduction in your parts side. So you have to balance that out. And most operators who are smart enough to understand those ratios will be quite surprised that they come out okay. Now, money turnover. Everybody knows that money loves speed and you are paid uh, within less than 24 hours. Sometimes it's it's end of day. If the job is completed by midday, you turn around and submit the claim. The claim is paid probably by your end of day. If not, very next morning, it's all approved. It's by credit card. You have to make sure that your rates Uh, Your credit card rates are stable and they maintain stability through a manual process, which most companies do today. So we hold a 1.8 credit card fee, transaction fee, which is great for us, manual or otherwise. And, you know, you're going to be pretty much like a 20% margin on your parts. But again, the labor takes up for that. They're dictating what what they're going to pay you for the part. Well, they can only pay what the manufacturer tells them. They're they're not going to give you any anything above what a manufacturer tells you what it should be. You mean the manufacturer's suggested retail price? Retail price. That you would go to the dealer and pay for and get 20% off. I get it. I get it. But if you went to the aftermarket and bought aftermarket rotors, but they paid you the, the dealer rate on the rotors, are you going to be okay? Let me go back on that because that's where it's gotten complicated in a sense because most of our most of the brands that we our flags are attached to have implemented their online stores. And unfortunately, their online stores compete with you know, a lower price and they're an online commerce. So that's what the insurance, the warranty companies will go to. So most of the time you can get better margins by dealing OE. And that's primarily where most of our repair dollars go to for these warranty claims. And we do okay. Sharing sharing on this show, the work we've done with warranty companies represents in 2022, a little over 10% of revenue. If I remember, I think our GP was in the area of around 60.9 or 61.2, somewhere in that area. We feel that the investment and the time taken to work with these warranty companies, it's a viable situation. Not for everybody, as I said, but I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. My feeling is, is that they are a big part of the marketplace, People that you may not know have them. And even if you had a like a a family member that doesn't have it, but yet let's say their daughter does, you don't want to say no to the daughter because then you could be saying no to the other family members. You know what I mean? So like I tried to explain, 
I don't have a problem with them. Now, again, I enjoy most of them. And I can tell you that the good ones and the bad ones, you don't deal with the bad ones. You just tell them, no, I'm not like car shield. We will not deal with car shield. Um, no matter what it is, uh, we just won't deal with them because of their practices, their ethics, and the fact that they just really hold you up on paying. And they do create time suck and you just don't deal with it. A great customer comes in. Just great. I mean, legacy. He did business with your dad forever. And he loves you guys. And he says, hey, I just bought CarShield. You say, well, you guess you're going to have to go down the road. Is that what happens? That's what would happen with a CarShield account. You know, unfortunately, because of the fact, well, first off, we would hope that they would come and consult with us first before they bought a CarShield. And secondly, we would have to tell them that, listen, if you're really adamant about us working with it, we have to tell you what this is going to be about. And this is the way that it's going to work. You can't expect your car back in a day. You're going to have to put out money along with your car shield to get it done. In general, we'll, we say no. It doesn't remind me. It makes me think that on a shop's website, there would be a page called Extended Warranties Explained. And they would go to it, and this is where you would have an opportunity to put up, you're not linking to any warranty company, but you're just stating the reality. If you're thinking of buying, please come in, tell us the company, let us help you with all of your options. Social media, all the web stuff that you do, all the the Facebook stuff that you do, it's, it almost reminds me that monthly, oh, by the way, if you're thinking of an extended warranty, please come in and see us because we have ways that we know it will work for you. I do kind of promote it, but unfortunately, I don't have anything on my own website promoting the fact of, of what, well, let's put it this way. I do, through a large national brand that begins with a C and ends with an X, and because that's the company I want to work with. I don't want to work with, I don't care to promote to all of them. I like the ones that their companies represent because they're quality, they pay, they don't argue, and I get my money fast. This is eye-opening, and I'm not sure there's enough people in the industry that are either embracing this or managing it. That's the tack I took is managing it, and I'm not the only one. I'm sure there's others that, that say, hey, you know what? All you other shops, you can say no, no, no. I'm going to say yes, and you know we're going to do okay here. And that's the tack we took. Like If everybody's saying no, somebody's got to be saying yes. And if you're saying yes... What are you doing? We looked at it strategically. Again, I said that, you know, it's, we think there's value here. We just have to learn who the good guys are and who the bad guys are and go from there. It seems to be a great strategy knowing that this is a six figure part of your business that you don't want to go away, but you need to manage it and embrace it. But I see the extended warranty explained an opportunity to say, save your money. I'll make sure this car goes the 200,000 miles. I think it can. I know how you drive. You've coming here for years. We want to put you on our maintenance program. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. That is the best way to go. And I would do that every day, all day. The thing is, is that you're going to have people who are going to ask for help and are you going to say no? I mean, or are you going to work with them? I mean, I, it comes down to I'm a service provider. The first words is service. And I, for one, it's hard for me not to say yes or let me look at it or can I help you? And I guess that's just me. But 
a lot of guys will get irritated with them. Greg, if they haven't taken their care of their car and you know it, <laughs> and you've been trying to get them to do work, and they come to you at a weak moment and says, listen, I'm this close, I'm moments away from signing with one of these extended warranty companies, and you may look at them and say, you know what? <laughs> this may be good for you and your car because you haven't taken care of it. Because you haven't taken care of it. It is for lazy people, but the problem is, is that the only thing you give, the one warning you give them is say, you need to have your oil change records. You have to have them because the first thing they will deny you on is if you can't produce regular service receipts. And they'll even accept like your parts store purchases because you can claim oh, I did it myself. And if you can do that, the first steps are good. I really want to emphasize because I know there's a bunch of shops that are going to be listening on. Oh, I can't stand it. What Buckley talking about and all this other stuff. I get it. I really get it. But I guess it's because we've taken the time to learn these pathways to deal with these companies from dealing only with quality ones, making sure that our estimates are good, accurate, out the door. And, you know, the customer understands what they're getting into and what they're responsible for and getting paid quickly. I can't ask for anything more if I went to a fleet and said, hey, I can take care of your trucks. Oh, yeah, you can, but can you give me 30, 60, 90? And by the way, I want a 20% discount because I'm giving you all this volume. And by the way, I want first service because my truck's got to be on the road. Where am I? You know, what do I want to, who do I want to serve, right? I mean, that's my thinking, my thinking. And there's no denying it's good thinking. And some people are, do great in fleets and some just don't want the things you just described. It's to each our own. I just think that as we're discussing it here, it's been discussed in other circles on different shows that I've participated in. And, you know, people can look at me and they know me that I've done things that are good, maybe not so good. I have moments of uh, delirious at some point, but um, I can say that I feel that warranties, service contracts of some sort will be more common than not in the future because of the technology that's underlying the car, that folks will want to make sure that they can at least drive it, electronics, those type of things. I think we'll need to, people will want to have them covered more so than the power plant, you know, or the driveline. I don't know. All I can tell you is that I feel very comfortable in working with the extended plans, the extended warranties, and making my customer happy. Just love it. I think you laid it up. You served it up well. You, we have to embrace this, uh, support our customer's decision if they ask, and if not, show them an alternative to maintenance. We have to manage it and our money and be sure that who we want to do business with won't extend any dollars. Uh, manage our labor rate versus the gross margin on the entire transaction and build a process around each uh, extended warranty company and and follow it so that you do get paid and there is no there is no argument and you you really your goal is to make sure the customer you keep the customer but the thing you said if if they're one and dones then somebody comes in off the road and says they had an extended warranty and they do it you never see them again that is not necessarily it's business that it drives by and it leaves and if that's what you want and you're cool with it we can't own the whole market can we. You can't own the home market, no. And at the time that they need that service, you're there. The thing is, is you're, if I look at it as a fleet, that fleet, I still got $100,000 worth of that fleet's business, no matter what you call it. It could be the big umbrella underneath of that. So, and maybe, just maybe, I haven't done enough to get that customer back. 
You know what I mean? And I got some things I'm working on to get that customer to return. We have ways that we're going to attack that and put into play and build that comeback or the return visit up a little bit more. We think we can. I'm pretty comfortable in it. I'll be starting that. Actually, I actually launched it uh, this month. Hey, do a Facebook Live with Q&A on, hey, maybe you want extended warranty. We do them here for companies. Let us tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what I can do. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Educate. Yeah. Educate, elevate, right, and get it going. So. Well, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. I'm not leaving until I ask you about that shirt. I guess it says NASA underneath of that. Rocket scientist. So the story is, is that I, I wrote a keynote called, do you work for a NASA shop? And I gave it at the TST big event. I think it was last year. And it really serves up two technicians and even two shop owners. Are you doing everything that you possibly could to be as good as NASA when they launched the Saturn V? And if you've ever watched a documentary on the Saturn V and what they went through, with so little technology and they were so good at it, it makes you think if we're now here in the 2020s, 2023, with all the tech that we have, we should be so good. It should be so easy. We should be so smart. So I think the challenge in my keynote and that I even want to make right now is to stop and think, do you have a shop worthy of calling? We have a NASA, NASA shop. Interesting. And you did it up at TST? Yeah, I did it at TST last year. Yeah. So anyway, good to see you, my friend. I see you're you're at the uh, in the penthouse. I am in the penthouse tonight. Yes, I am. Uh, you know, this uh, I'll be here for another uh, day, and then we're heading back home to uh, north to Wilmington. So, do we um, have a picture of the show that Greg did? The yeah, here it is. It was um, the second location, Lower Slower Delaware, where we actually got a tour inside Greg's second shop. Uh, just go to the website. And just look for Greg Buckley on Aftermarket Weekly when we saw the tour and we got a really close up view of the penthouse. <laughs> Good stuff. So say hello to Patty and thank you so much, man. I will. Anytime, guys. You know that. Again, I'm waiting to get on the ARN network. I'm going to tease you every time I'm on. I know. You thank know you. That. Thank <laughs> you. All right, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time. 